Hello, everybody. Welcome to Practical Utopia. Um, we are coming to you on this beautiful, gorgeous, extremely rainy Thursday afternoon. Um, we're coming to you via Spotify. Um, if you're interested in podcasting, I would highly recommend you check out podcasters.spotify.com. Uh, there you can create a free account and you can record your podcast for virtually free. Um, it is extremely easy to use, extremely user friendly. And as you can tell from the sound of my gorgeous voice, very smooth and well recorded. Uh, today we're going to continue our conversation about COVID. We call this COVID part three, the COVIDing, if you will. But uh, we're going to talk a little bit today about some of the members of the scientific community. Um, who experienced some unpleasant situations. We're going to talk a little bit about um, disinformation versus misinformation. And we're going to talk about how maybe, just maybe, we perhaps should not so blindly trust our esteemed United States government at all times. Amen. All right. Um, John, I'll kick it on over to you if you want to get us started today. Okay, so welcome back, everybody. Um, part three. So I guess just kind of in the same, I guess, format that we kind of started out the last episode with, as far as the myths. Wanted to wanted to hit some bullet points um, that obviously are in hindsight. I, I do want to emphasize that these are obviously three years later. Uh, we have had a lot of time to process all the things that happened, all the things that maybe should have happened or shouldn't have happened. Um, but in hindsight, you know, some of the bullet points that are points of contention with, for sure, with with me and I think with a decent portion of the medical community. Um, and the first one was just the censorship of expert information um, was probably one of the single biggest public health issues of COVID. You had people that were uh, that were subject matter experts that came out um, publicly, and it wasn't like they, at least in most cases, for people who were reputable published published physicians or scientists, they didn't come out and call anybody else out or say that they were blatantly wrong. But they basically just said, "Hey, you know, based on my experience and what I'm seeing, here's what I think happened, um, or here's what's going to happen," and. Annie and I were just talking about this off the air, you know, it's, so it's, you know, March of 2023. Um, one of the things that's actually big in the news right now is it, it seems like the, I'm not going to call it complete consensus, but it seems like um, the lab leak theory that was, you know, two, two and a half years ago was dubbed complete conspiracy was dubbed to be um, racist against Asian people because, you know, I don't know why. Um, right. So basically, you know, now that now that things are, are coming to light, um, it does appear that that was probably the most likely cause. And now there are going to be theories on whether or not it was intentional, whether it was something that was uh, accidentally carried out. And those we're not really going to get into because I don't feel like there's enough evidence to, to well, decide conclusively. Yeah. yeah. So right. we'll leave that one. We'll leave that dog to lie for a while. But um, one of the other things too, in hindsight, and some people were saying it even at the time, at least publicly, there was really zero emphasis on any sort of pre-treatment. 
to where if you were uh, symptomatic mm-hmm. and it was likely that you had COVID, it wasn't a, hey, you should be taking vitamin D and zinc and several of these over the, over the counter options to try to head it off at the pass. Um, and so it really seemed like for most people, it was just a, okay, well, you're going to have to write it out. And then if you get to the point that you're going to need to be hospitalized, go to the hospital. And according to some of, some of these medical experts, once the symptoms were so severe to mandate hospitalization, it was too late. And so if public health officials had, um, done their due diligence, according to these folks, and actually allow the dissemination of, of multiple perspectives, um, it could have saved quite a few lives just to try and, and have uh, therapeutic treatments in place. Um, any scientists who were propagating at-home treatment were silenced. Um, now, I will also say, I saw some doctors, or I saw some people who were at, at least doctors on paper, like chiropractors and things like that, that were pushing some pretty kooky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so on one hand, I guess I can understand that, but I do think that the suppression of any dissenting opinions as a whole was just fundamentally wrong. Um, because these weren't, the majority of these folks were not quacks, right? They weren't, they weren't your, your, your uncle Billy at Thanksgiving dinner after too many, you know, beverages, right? Too many turkey <laughs> martinis, right? Yeah. yeah. These were these were experts in their field, and 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 I want to make clear, like I, I I don't know that I can't confirm the factual forced silencing of any of these individuals, but I also cannot say that it could not happen. We've seen this happen in our country time and time again, and for you to deny that, or for anyone to deny that, I'm sorry, is foolish. Yeah, you know, we can't have blind faith in this way necessarily. I, and I, I, I digress. So, you know, John, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but, no, but no, just to, you know, and, and yes, there's misinformation, there's disinformation, and, and maybe some of this stuff was misinformation or disinformation these folks were saying, but still, these were leading experts in their field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and another point, too, and this is, we'll touch on this a little bit, but, um, one of the early treatments was for, um, or I guess not early treatment, sorry, for people who were vaccinated, um, remdesivir was used as a, a treatment, I believe, in, in hospital clinical settings, but it wasn't something that was, um, I guess, based on availability, it was only available in hospital settings. And so one of the points that... Um, a guy, Dr. Peter McCall is his name. He's a, he's a cardiologist. Um, he is the most published physician ever. Um, he, he has been published more times than literally any other physician. Uh, I think I know in his field, but I think maybe even ever. Um, and so the thing, as far as the active silencing goes, um, you know, it wasn't like anybody, try to get these people to take a dirt nap or something like that. Right. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't to that level, but we're all familiar with the platforms that people have in, regarding social media. So um, his account was not just suspended um, for both Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, who is again, cardiologist 
um, and Dr. Robert Malone, who he was a scientist that was um, one of the one of the pioneers of the of the mRNA vaccine technology. So um, he gained notoriety within his field uh, prior to COVID because he was one of the one of the folks on the team that actually helped the uh, the delivery mechanism, developed the delivery mechanism of the mRNA vaccine technology. So both of these guys are, are well-respected in their fields, but they, as soon as they expressed an opinion that went against um, NIH, I, I hate to just put everything on Dr. Fauci. I feel like that's not right. fake. Right, right, right. Um, but, you know, obviously I feel like Dr. Fauci was kind of put out in the forefront as the face, yeah, he's the, the face head. of the science. And I feel yeah. like at some point he even said, I think he actually said, I am the science, which for a lot of people on the right was, was one of those like meme type moments. But, um, so, you know, these, these two guys were well-respected in their fields mm -hmm. pre-COVID and they voiced dissenting opinions. And both of them were completely deplatformed by um, both Twitter and YouTube. And then I think even Facebook. Um, but obviously we know that um, a lot of the time, especially when it comes to videos, YouTube and Facebook tend to go hand in hand, you know, the same, the same video circulate on at both places. So, um, that was a big deal. It was mm -hmm. a big deal to have both of those guys just basically completely publicly silenced right. and, um, also for people, not just to silence them, but to really try to paint them as quacks. Right. So, um, you know, I guess one of the things, so I'm not, necessarily endorsing uh his podcast but uh consequently it is also available on spotify but um <laughs> joe rogan uh, i think whether you love him hate him indifferent um i think he does a valuable service because he um he has a wide range of mm -hmm. people on his podcast on a daily basis and there's never any censoring. There's never, I mean, if there are clips, they're used for promotional stuff. But, you know, if you listen to the Joe Rogan experience um, on a daily basis, he's, he's having two, three, four hour discussions with people on yes. topics. And he's, he, he asks good thought provoking questions, but he, he basically gets out of the way and he lets them talk. So um, if you want to check out the, the two podcasts that I'm referencing um you can like dr peter mccullough the cardiologist uh he was on the the rogan show on december 13th of 2021 so again a couple more years of hindsight in to factor in and then um dr robert malone who was the pioneer of the mrna vaccine technology he was on uh or it was at least published on december 31st of 2021 so um those are just two instances of of people who were essentially painted as, as fringe kooks that now two years later, we're finding out there was a lot of credibility to the things that they were saying. Yeah. And, and I will, and I, and, you know, and, and John, and I have discussed this many times and it's no secret to anyone who knows me. Like I, I generally despise Joe Rogan. I generally, He's attempted to atone for it, but I, I generally think that he's made some serious mistakes in his in his past. That you know, I, I think he's. <clears throat> I genuinely think he's trying to 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 atone for those mistakes. But that being said, um, John made a very good point in the fact that that 
the Joe Rogan lets these experts talk. He let them, lets them speak. Okay? And, and my issue with Malone, Dr. Malone, right, was that it, it seemed like some of what he was doing was eh, – I don't want to say it was – disinformation i think it was near to misinformation and just so we're clear there's a big difference between the two right right? misinformation um false information that is spread regardless of your intent to mislead right yeah versus disinformation which is false information um deliberate the deliberate yeah deliberately misleading or biased information manipulative narrative or facts or propaganda you know and if we're going to go down that road every single just about news source you get is guilty of a little bit of disinformation and it doesn't matter. I don't give a damn what side you're on, so to speak. I don't care if you listen to the, the, the farce that is Fox news. I don't care if you listen. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Everybody is a little guilty of some disinformation in one way or another, because disinformation is misleading or, or false narrative from time to time. And we all have our own narratives, right? Malone, I, I feel, you know, I looked into, when we start talking about this, I listen to the podcast. Um, some of his other things that I think made it easier for him to be discredited were, were, were some of his other fringe theories, right? I there's no questioning that this this dude pioneered helped to pioneer. Right. He wasn't solely responsible. Yeah, he's part of the team. Yeah, this technology, this 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 dude doesn't. He's not clueless. He knows what he's talking about, right? And I think to automatically censor him, to automatically quiet him without monitoring the platform, perhaps, right? Um, monitoring the platform and giving it a little bit of, of, of oversight, yeah. right, to what he's saying, as opposed to just completely silencing him, shutting him down, I think a disservice was done. You know, and and and... and like John said, regardless of what your feelings about Joe Rogan, Joe let these guys talk. And my actual, my favorite quote about the entire pandemic came from the Rogan podcast with Dr. Michael Osterholm. Yeah. Um, and it was, uh, hope is not a strategy. That's my favorite quote. And, and it's directly, refer- you know, directly referencing all of this stuff, right? The pandemic, yeah. COVID in general. Yeah. So <clears throat> I guess to just, to, just to kind of continue on that point, I, in listening to the podcast with these two gentlemen, um, you know, we did that in preparation for this, this, uh, I guess, series of episodes now that we've done. Um, but we really did try to, to go back and do some research on the censorship on some of the things that they were saying. And I think, so I think there are also people too, that going back to the politicization of all of this, um, I feel like Joe Rogan is a prime example. Like he's still like, he's politically, he's pretty liberal. He said prior to the 2020 election, like he was actually supporting Bernie Sanders. Like Bernie was his choice. Um, And if you're supporting Bernie, you're definitely not a political righty. Um, (laughs) But he did say that, you know, the way he was treated because he was very public about his treatment. He uh, included ivermectin um, as one of his uh, therapeutic treatments and on multiple platforms he was i know msnbc and cnn for sure um they laughed at him and they were like you know the guy's taking horse dewormer and so 
that was one of the things that was frustrating because he said, you know, ivermectin is, is a drug that's been used. It's literally been administered. Tens of millions of doses have been administered globally for several different um, maladies, I guess. I don't know if that's the right term, but first it has, it's, it has several different uses and it has been used for human consumption far more than it has ever been used for um, as a horse dewormer. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so one of the things that he said was, he's like, you know, I'm not, I'm not some like homeless person that can't afford treatment. And so I went to, you know, what was cheap and available. He's like, I was very fortunate. And I will tell you, I'm very fortunate to be in the position I was in that I could have afforded. I can afford top quality healthcare. And this is what I was given. And two days after I tested positive for COVID, I was back in the gym going through my full workout routines because the therapeutics work well for me. So, but I also think guys like um, McCullough and Malone, I think, I feel like, people are, are tending to paint them more as right-wingers now just because of the fact that they they spoke out against the treatment that they received from, you know, major major market news media, sources like CNN, MSNBC. So They went to the platform that would allow them to speak. Right. It just happened to be those platforms were typical, typically right-wing associated platforms. Right. And, and like I said, you force someone in that direction, that's what they're going to become. Yeah. That's what they're going to have to go to do, right? Because we didn't, they didn't have to be completely shut down and censored. They could have had some sort of oversight and, and some caveat with this is maybe a little theoretical. Yeah. You know, we don't know this for sure. These are medical theories. This right. is a scientific theory, which, spoiler folks, scientific theories change all the time. Yep. Yep. And I think the other thing too, <clears throat> that I've heard a lot of people say, um, and Rogan's just one of them. He said, you know, one of the things that I found in the wake of that was typically more conservative folks are just as a matter of principle, they are against censorship. They feel like freedom of speech is something very important. Um, and so they said, like, I know I've heard Rogan say it, and I think both of these doctors said it on those episodes that they're not right-wingers, but they did, they were treated more fairly and more equitably by folks who allowed them to speak. And so um, I also think that was another thing that, that unfortunately was a, a negative side effect of the entire thing was I feel like people were just labeled superficially. So that's not a good thing, but getting back to um, some of the other things too, you know, so Dr. McCullough, the cardiologist, one of the points he made was that, um, hydroxychloroquine. So that was something that was um, contested. It was kind of a, a hot button, I guess, topic. And one of the things that he said was that if hydroxychloroquine had been made available to pharmacies instead of only released to hospitals, and if it had been used as a therapeutic treatment, he believes that that, that in combination with some other things like zinc, vitamin D, other things like that, probably could have saved a lot of lives. And so, you know, obviously his, this interview was done, I guess, over a year after the, the initial wave. So hindsight, he did have the, the advantage of hindsight there, but I do think that that's something that uh, would have been valuable, I mm -hmm. think, for them to, to at least explore that as an option. Same thing with ivermectin. 
he said that that was very effective in clinical trials before hospitalization. And so one of the, one of the reasons that those two drugs actually had, were given kind of negative connotations was that they're designed to be therapeutics. Um, and by the time they were being used in, in clinical hospital settings, it, things were just too advanced for them to, to actually have their full benefit. Um, yeah, he also said, too, that there were some <clears throat> things that people could have used at home. Um, he said, you know, the American Dental Association uses what people laughed at President Trump when he was talking about the bleach thing, which I agree. He, he definitely didn't say it in an eloquent manner. Um, <clears throat> but he said, you know, the, the ADA, American Dental, Dental, Dental Association, uses bleach and water as a topical treatment for oral infections. So they will tell people, you know, if you have an oral infection to actually make a bleach and water solution and gargle it and then spit it out. Um, so even though the, the delivery was not probably what it should have been, I'm, I'm assuming now a lot of dumb things can be attributed to president Trump. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, I don't think he was actually advocating for people drinking bleach the way that it was sold. So, <laughs> Um, and then another thing too, he said was, uh, you know, for at-home treatments of betadine and water, nasal mist or gargle, um, can help clear nasopharyngeal deposits. So they just help with overall respiratory aspect of, of several different conditions. And then they, they, correct me if I'm wrong, they, they never implied that this was a cure-all. No. no. This was a complete total cure-all. This, these were treatment. It, it, it's, 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 it's your, your, your bacitration for your cut on your arm. It's your... Right. You know, it's your, it's your, that sort of, you know, that sort of treatment. It's not a cure-all. Right. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons too, that they, and I don't know why, I mean, there's just the two of us trying to think back on sort of the public health uh, messaging that was sent out. I really feel like there wasn't any, there was, there wasn't really any guidance given for therapeutics. Right. It was just, okay, you got tested, go home and, and keep to yourself unless you have to go to the hospital. In which case, sorry, you might die. Yeah. Take Tylenol. Take Mucinex. Take, right. well, that's, I mean, those are all coincidentally therapeutics, I believe. Yeah. And not hugely expensive. Right. They don't generate a, a, a ton of revenue for pharmaceutical companies, but that's a whole other <laughs> uh, rabbit hole that I don't, I don't really want to go down right now. But um, the other thing, you know, so... Now, I will say that in listening to Dr. Malone and doing some of my own research, he, some of the points that I really took away from his podcast were not so much, he just, he did discuss the mRNA uh, delivery technology and I I thought it was useful. I felt like he did it in a way that could be understood by the average person, but really the things that he started, that he pointed to and highlighted were um, really kind of geared around his censor, the censorship of his points of view. So, um, I would encourage everybody feel free, you know, don't just take my word for it, but, um, there was a, a trusted news initiative that was put forth by BBC broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to take a quote from Tim Davey, who was the director general for BBC, he said, the trusted news initiative partners will continue to work together to ensure legitimate concerns about future vaccinations are heard whilst harmful disinformation myths are stopped in their tracks. Mm-hmm. So essentially what that was, was a, it was a conglomerate. Yeah. It was an agreement among several of the largest news outlets in the world 
that were basically actively saying, we as journalists are going to be the fact checkers and we are going to decide what information you have access to. Um, I can appreciate the sentiment. Mm. The application is something that I will always disagree with. Um, so that was one of my big beefs there. Um, but yeah, feel free to Google trusted news initiative. Also, um, I would, I would encourage you to, and you know, for some people, there are definitely rabbit holes you can go down to, but one of the other things that he touched on was mass formation psychosis. Um, and this was conditioning that was used in Germany pre-World War II. This was even before, um, crazy mustache guy mm -hmm. came into power. Um, and basically what it was, was it was a decoupling and separation. They, they used the control of information to divide people into groups so that they weren't unified as a public. Um, and there was attention focused by leaders that allowed people to be led elsewhere. And so essentially like a divide and conquer mentality and anyone questioning the narrative was attacked both in pre-World War II Germany and you know, the United States and COVID. And so his, his point and I think this is starting to be corrected some was how do we get out of that? You know, we got to focus on the bigger threat, which is at this point, I think unifying again mm -hmm. around scientific data points, but also not putting uh, blind trust into some of the sources that were, I feel like were really blindly trusted. Um, and then just unite and recreate the human bonds of decency and community, you know, get back to the things that, that help us bond with people instead of all the division. Right. Which is the entire point of our podcast. Right. Really. Yeah. Well, I, and I'm, and I'm fascinated by this, the, by the idea of, 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 I trust science wholeheartedly without question. I trust the government with a limited amount of trust and with a massive amount of questioning. So when science, much like a lot of things, gets controlled or taken over by the government, what is real and what is not, right? And and I am neither advocating for or against the smaller, small government, big government. I don't I don't give a damn at this point. Honestly, I care about this truth, right? The, the absolute, the, the, what we can get for the truth. And, um, I, I don't, I can't, I'm actually going to say this, but I am, I do encourage you to go listen to those podcasts, the Joe, those episodes of Joe Rogan. Um, I do. Uh, the other one that was on there, um, Osterholm, Osterholm, give that a listen. And yep. then also, um, there have been several additional medical people from the medical field that, that, that he has interviewed that are, are great episodes. They're great listens. They're great information, right? Yeah. One of the ones that surprised me was actually Sanjay Gupta. Oh, yeah. Because obviously with him being uh, – <clears throat> now, Rogan, Rogan kind of went after him a little bit because he is like a CNN chief medical correspondent. Mm. So he did kind of go after him and say, you know, like, if you knew these things – factually as a medical professional why did you allow the network that you work so closely with to can to make these baseless attacks and deliberately false claims and so we put them on the spot a little bit but um i'll say that 
I wasn't necessarily a fan. I'm still not a huge fan, but I hearing him in the long form discussion mm-hmm. did give me more of an appreciation for him and for his credentials and background. Right. Yeah. And again, like <clears> I, <throat> I, I, I'm shocked that I'm recommending you go listen to Joe Rogan because I'm not necessarily a fan, but these episodes are, if nothing else, gives you pause to maybe question things that you have not questioned. Right. Um, I am, I am, I am not saying that any of this stuff for sure happened, but I am not saying that it couldn't happen. I, 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 we don't know. And it'd be arrogant and vain for us to assume that we know for sure. No, I agree. And that's, hopefully we never see anything like this again in our lifetimes. I mean, excuse me. I think the odds are pretty good that there will be more pandemics. That's Mm -hmm. just going to happen, but hopefully in our lifetime, we don't see it again. But I do think that it's very important um, especially regarding public policy, but also just the, the overall societal dynamic, scrutinize, do your research. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think even if you don't, uh, even if it doesn't red pill people, for lack of a better term, um, hopefully it'll at least open your eyes to the fact that we were not given all of the information that we should have been given as a general public and allowed to make our own decisions. Right. And that's, to me, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. And research doesn't necessarily mean Googling and then sharing the first article you find, right? right? Check your sources. And check Verify multiple sources. sources. Multiple sources, yeah. right? Check them. Um, that about brings us to the end of our podcast yeah. for the day. Thanks for listening, y'all. Um, John, anything you want to add in the last uh, no, 26 just, um, or so? So obviously this is just us and our opinions. Um, we tried to get some factual data in there for you as well. But you know, I would encourage you, if, regardless of your stance on, on COVID and how it was handled, Get out there and give stuff a listen. So check it out and and question everything, yeah. folks. All right. Well, we love y'all. Have a good day. Get better every day.